0: There was some sad news in the darting world last week when it was announced that the Australian legend Terry O'Day had passed away at the age of 76. Terry was the second Australian to reach a BDO World Championship quarterfinal, which he did in 1982 and again in 1986, and he was also a World Masters quarterfinalist in 1984. He played at 10 consecutive BDO World Championships. He reached the semi-finals of the MFI World Match Play. He reached the final of the Butlins Grand Masters. And he twice threw for charity on the British television game show Bullseye. Terry was also a long-time Australian international. He won a silver as part of the team at the 1985 World Cup in Australia. And then he won the gold in the pairs, the mixed pairs, the singles at the Pacific Cup in the 80s. As tributes poured in from him last week, it was clear that you know, Terry was a, a legend of Australian darts and world darts, and, and he was a man who'd opened several doors for a number of other Australian players. To properly pay tribute to him on this podcast and learn more about what he was like as a person and a player, I caught up with his close friend and former rival, Russell Stewart. I am now delighted to be joined by the Australian legend, Russell Stewart. How are you, Russell? Andrew. I'm very well, thank you, matey. First place to start, how are you personally? Because I know you've had a, a difficult last week.
1: Oh, well, not too bad. Yeah, it's a bit funny. I, I did mention it does come in threes. I've had a mate and uh, I also had a niece pass away. So it was, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a horror. But um, these things happen and, you know, you just move on in life. It's the way it is.
0: That's definitely you know, a, a good attitude to have. And you were on the podcast partly to talk about the passing of Terry O'Day, a close friend of yours. But, I mean, let's talk about you first. You made the decision to retire from darts earlier this year. Why did you make that decision?
1: Well, I, I found that I've, I've, I just needed to get away and I need to concentrate on um, myself. And uh, I need to lose a bit of weight. I've got myself... Uh, quite a bad way, I'm quite overweight, so um, I'm concentrating on uh, getting in a good way and uh, I might see myself back on the board in a couple of years but I just need to concentrate on that I, I can't be going away to um, you know, drinking on the weekends and sort of abusing it and uh, eating takeaways and all the rest of it, you know mm. so I'm just eating properly and um, keeping abstaining from alcohol and all the rest of it so mm. that's, main, that's the main reason Hmm. I still love the game I can't stop I still play on Wednesday nights I still play with the boys
0: (laughs) (laughs) but the Dark Players Australia have brought back the the Russell Stewart Classic this year did you know they were bringing that back
1: no they didn't tell me Um, Rob Denny did contact me and and said look we're going to bring it back it was one of their longest running tournaments there for a while uh, only behind the um actually in the masters and um it was um quite a prestigious tournament to win uh, unfortunately myself i actually won it one year and handed myself the trophy <laughs> um <laughs> uh, which was uh, very nice to do but it was yeah it was one of the longest ones and um it was just it was just an off the side tournament it, it wasn't really in the in the tour or anything like that but um a lot of people turned up and played it and lots of good names on the trophy you know the Whitlocks and and a few others that have turned
0: up and played. It's quite good. Hmm. And I'm sure there must be a sense of pride for you that you know, they've brought it back and that that tournament is named after you.
1: Well, yes. I mean, originally, well, when he first said, can we use your name, I thought they were just going to use it for advertising. Um, I had no idea they actually got to call it the Russell Stewart Classic, and I said, oh, don't be daft. I said, no one will turn up and play in that. And uh, they had a good turnout for... For, I think it's been going for nearly 20 years, about 18, 17, 18 years. And they've uh, had a great turnout every time. And um, I've been very proud of it, no worries at all. And as I said, I was very proud to actually win it myself one year, 2009, I think, or 2008, around there. And I got to win it myself, so um, I was very happy with that.
0: Last thing, you know, on you before we move on. You mentioned you're sort of on this weight loss journey. How is that going for you? Um, oh, I'm
1: having the ups and downs that people have with it. And um, I'm finding out all these other things. I've also found I've got sleep apnea. So we're working on my sleep apnea, and um, which is, they think, is probably contributing to my weight loss. But I'm slowly heading down, so that's what I need to do. As long as it's not going on, (laughs) as long as it's heading down, that's all I need to know. Yeah, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. I went to the gym, I've been going to the gym, I've never been so sore in my life. (laughs) I haven't been to the gym in like 20, 30 years probably. Oh my word. (laughs) (laughs) I felt it.
0: Keep heading in the right direction. You were the one earlier in the week who shared the sad news that Terry O'Day had passed away. But how did you hear
1: through a very good friend that's been keeping in touch with him i keep in fairly good touch with terry uh, for a while I uh, well mainly not terry through betty is his partner and um she's in in touch with a, a lady called sheila Bolton uh, from victorian darts and sheila was a bit upset and she just asked me if i would do it and uh, and i said no problem i'll, I'll do that i mean i, I first met Terry back in
0: 1976 so I've known him for a little
1: while mm, yeah how'd he been ill? Yes. Yeah, so the last like, he hasn't been on the best of health and he actually he'd had a fall and he, he bumped his head and uh, he'd been in hospital and he was back out actually out of hospital and uh, they think he's uh, he's had a heart attack and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was all a bit sad, you know. And uh, but um, Terry was—he just, like usual, Terry though—he just had a big smile on his face. He was just seemed to be brushing it off, but um, it caught up with him. Mm.
0: You mentioned that you first met him in 1976. Where was that, and what were you doing?
1: It well, was the uh, Australian Championships in Perth. Um, I first made the ACT uh, state team back then. ACT is the uh, Australian Capital Territory where I live. And um, we were always taught to watch out for uh, the Australian, uh, the West Australian players and Terry's name always came up. And uh, so one of the things I did, I made sure I'd go and watch his play. When I got there, I went to see him. And, And of course, I ended up playing him actually while I was there um, when we played Western Australia. And I was in awe. He was just just a fabulous player. But uh, Terry was also, I mean, towards the late uh, 70s and that, Terry was one of the players. There was a few of them that were going over from Western Australia, but they didn't really perform on stage. Where Terry did. Terry took him on and Terry was a a very similar attitude uh, like Eric If they give him a bit of grief, he'd just give it straight back to him. He was very quick with the banter, and uh, he just brushed it off. And but he could back up his starts; he could play really, really top darts. And um, I mean, he was a big, loud bloke. You couldn't miss him. And um, yeah, that was that was just just Terry, you know. Um, <laughs> but um, but he was the one I was told to watch out for. And towards the end there. The, Late seventies, he was the number one man. He was, he was the gun.
0: And him, sort of being a T, te- I know in the early eighties and stuff, he was a TV regular. You know, over in the UK, got to you know that's TV right. finals and stuff. Was that an inspiration for other Australian players? You know, we can go over there and we can do it.
1: Well, that's exactly right. That was it. we were there and then um, just back in those days, don't forget, we used to get our stuff back here on video. it's not that occasionally there was a little snippet on the TV, but it'd be about a one minute thing, you know but generally we got a video um, and we'd sit there and we'd watch videos and Terry would come up and it was great to see an Australian in there battling it out with him and playing well and for me it was an inspiration to have a go Uh, I mean I always wanted to have a go Uh, one of the reasons why I first went to uh, the World Cup in New Zealand, I didn't uh, make the team, but I went to watch so I could see John Lowe, Eric Bristow, see these guys live, you know, throwing these starts. It's, it's funny to watch it on video, but when you actually stand there and watch them, it's just amazing, you know, and I went, that's it, I'm going to be in the next team, and, uh, and which we were, which was then in uh, Scotland in 1983, and I was in the, uh, the team with Terry. But I'd, I'd gone over earlier, uh, Terry um, and I roomed in um, in Stoke-on-Trent because we were at Jollies at the World Championships. We were in Jollies at 83-84 and I was roomed with Terry there. He was a funny, funny fellow to room with. Um, as you may have not or may have heard, um, one of the things we used to do when we buy a beer was put it out on the balcony, covered it in snow, so we kept it cold, you know. <laughs> people used to go, well, that's the Aussie's room up there because <laughs> there's all the beer out there getting cold, so they knew we were there. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he, he had all sorts of little tricks like that, you know, which I learned a few things off him. But uh, he was a terrific bloke. Hmm. And uh, I played in Hawaii, you know, 82 in Hawaii. We played in a 4 men's team. Uh, Japan, actually, Terry and I won Pacific Cup, doubles uh, and uh, I played uh, pairs with him and we won that quite comfortably. I think we beat Paul Lim and uh, Jimmy D'Amore in the final for that one. And uh, that was a nice little win for us. It was a nice one to win that. He, he, was, he was a very good doubles player, uh, whether it be mixed doubles, ladies and men. He, he was a very teams orientated fella. He really did. He, he played well in his singles, but he was very good in those type of situations. Um, you can see this through the Australian mixed doubles, he played with various different players and won. In the men's doubles, he played with various different players and won. He was, um, was a very good teams man, a very good teams man.
0: You, know, you mentioned you played him in 1976. Did you actually beat yeah. him that first time?
1: A few times at first. Um, the first time I beat him was actually in the playoffs for the 83 World Cup team. And I beat him in that. And that. And um, I felt to my little self, I felt quite quite happy about that. But the next time I played him was uh, the final for the uh, Australian Championships, the Australian champion. And he beat me in that. So <laughs> it didn't take long before he got it back. England as well. Um, he beat me over there in one of the uh, the holiday camp tournaments we played in Hull. I think it was something I like that not He beat me there in the. Uh, but I got then I got him back in uh, the Scottish Open. So it was a bit of a tit for tat. <laughs> but he was such a such a tough player. I I, I sort of dreaded playing him on, the, uh, on especially on the stage. He was a very hard stage player as well as a four He managed his game very well. And he was always hard, whether it be early on in the game or later on in the afternoon or whatever. He was always a very hard player. And um, I, I think he, he surprised a few people how good he was. He hmm. was, uh, yeah, was a very hard man to play. Hmm.
0: And obviously you had a load of battles over the years and Australian championships and you know, yes. Scottish Open and the like. Did having someone like that who would push you, you you sometimes found it hard to play. Did that keep you sharp as a player as well?
1: well? Of course it does, yes, and 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 of course it inspires a lot of others players who were watching our games come up and said, "Wow, what a game you two had!" You know, and that it inspires a lot of other players. I, I remember we'd be playing to be other states watching, you know, and uh, seeing how it went. And um well he was the number one and uh and I had to take his mantle for me to become number one. He was he was the guy I had to be. But um I remember uh going to London, going to Holy Cross Place and there were there's Terry sitting there on the lounge, you know, with a new a pair of shorts on. It's snowing outside, but Terry's has his shorts on. <laughs> and uh, you could go up to Muswell Hill shops and walk around and they go oh you're Australian are you? I go yeah and they said oh there's a big Australian kids around here with shorts and songs on I go yeah that'd be Terry I mean he's even known around <laughs> up there you know wander around It uh, yeah, he was quite a character in that sense <laughs> but um, yeah no playing as I said everybody uh, looked up to him he, as a player he was just
0: uh, he was the one he had to beat he was very hard very hard hmm. And his nickname, the Towering Inferno, where did that come from?
1: Oh, that one just came out I noticed it came out on there. We used to call him Buff. It was because he had his big buffy hair, big buff head, you know. We called him Buff. That was our nickname for him. <laughs> I don't know where the Towering Inferno came from. I think that was the Darts uh, magazine that gave him that one. But he was a big man. And he's wearing our uh, Australian shirts were bright yellow. He couldn't miss us. So uh, he did stand out in the crowd, that's for sure.
0: And you mentioned him being, you know, a great team player. And I know he won countless medals for Australia in Pacific Cups. But you also, you and him pulled on that green and gold together in the the World Cup in '85 in Australia and won silver in the, the team event. What was that like, lining up alongside a man that, when you first met him, you'd been in awe of him? Well, that's right. And then the competitor
1: you know, next minute or later we're playing together. But we did it in Scotland and we did it uh, we did it again in, uh, in, in Brisbane. Um, oh, no, I loved it. It was, it was tremendous to play with him. Um, it was just, um, he just knuckled down and said, look, you know, fellas, let's do this, we can do this. And we got in there and we, you know, we beat Scotland and it was just great, you know. <laughs> we went, wow, we're in the final, you know. And um, I would like to have had the gold. I would have. Of course, we all would. But um, no, no, it was, um, it's just a memory I'll always have. And have uh, got some great, great memories of him um, in the team's events. Um, as I said, we, we, I played with him around the world here, left, right and centre. And uh, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. All around Australia. It was always a battle when we played Western Australia. I seemed to draw him. It was always me against him uh, a few times in, this, in the uh, singles championships I ended up drawing him but he, he was always a good bloke he was always, always down for a good hard game
0: hmm. and his last world championship was in 1988 and then he never played in a, you know, a major international competition again why did he sort of step away from those big tournaments after 88 well i'm not a hundred percent sure i think
1: his knees were starting to give him trouble then i mean it was the reason how he got into the game he was an Aussie rules player and uh he'd hurt his knee and um, while he was resting up um he found the game of that in 1967 i believe he was runner-up to um a fella from south australia barry dalbridge and he was runner-up in the Australian singles then, back in 67, so that was, you know, that's well back. And uh, But he hurt his knees in, in playing Aussie rules, so he was recuperating it. And I think his knees give him trouble for most of his life, you know, he's always sort of limping around with them. He sort of gave him a hard time, and he was a big man, and he, uh, it was hard work for him. And the way, honestly, the way Australian darts is, it's very difficult. A lot of them say, why didn't I stay? And it's similar to him, why didn't you stay over there? Well, the way the darts was, if you didn't come back and play in your state, then go away to the Australian Championships and was seen and then go in and get qualified, you, they wouldn't pick you in the Australian team. You weren't able, if you didn't qualify in your own right, you wouldn't make it. So you had to keep coming back. It started to get really hard hopping in and out. You know, you'd be over there, you'd be world ranked, and they wouldn't select you in the Australian team, you know. It was just the way they did it. That's just the way they were. And and Terry was just the same with Terry. He had to be coming back, playing for Western Australia, making the Australian team. It was all, a lot of hard work to do it all the time. And uh, I think he just pulled away towards the end there. But he still, he was still playing, he, he moved to Queensland and he was still playing then for the Queensland side for quite a few years it was interesting to see him in the Queensland side because (laughs) he was always a WA man but um, he still played there for quite a few years and he was still dangerous as usual
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean I remember when I spoke to you last time you were saying that you know in the 80s when you were you know one of the leading players in the world you were basically living out of a suitcase because of the amount of travelling you had to do and I can imagine he was in a, a similar boat, so maybe it was just a case of, you know, I've had enough of, of doing that now. Well, that, that's it. I never really did ask him um, why.
1: But, yes, yeah, that's it. You, you do. Um, it's just suitcase into the next, you know, Swedish Open, then onto the Canadian, then the US, and then back to England, then back to Australia, up to Japan, over to New Zealand, back to... I mean, it was wonderful. I'm not complaining. I loved every minute of it. But it it does wear you out, and it's not like we're um uh, tennis players and golfers where we're earning millions of pounds and millions of dollars. uh, it was a quite an expensive thing to do, we sort of struggled our way around, you know. So, but Mm. I I enjoyed it, and I'm pretty sure Terry did. But
0: he'd been doing it for a while too. I saw a photo on Facebook earlier in the week of you, Wayne Weening, and Terry from a couple of years ago. So. You guys obviously stayed good friends even after, you know, that the international darts kind of phase of his career and later your career kind of came to an end. Yeah,
1: that was 2017 at the, at the Gold Coast. And um, we were doing a... Uh, we played at the Gold Coast, Brisbane, Townsville and Mackay. It was like, a, it was like an exhibition tour. Phil Taylor was out, and uh, it was so great for Terry to turn up. But he was—he had two canes then. <laughs> That's how bad his knees were. He didn't even have one head two. So, um, but it was really good to see him. And I said, "Look, let's get a picture," you know. And Wayne was there, so we all got together and got a picture done. And um, yeah, it was good to caught up with him then. At a Chin Wagon, he just basically then he said his knees were going. He was struggling course if you can't get around then it's easy to put on weight you know hmm. so it sort of compounds the problem even more um, yeah no it was really good to see him then a bit of a laugh as usual always smiling though he was always smiling he had a great cheeky smile <laughs>
0: <laughs> and had you kept in touch throughout the years on and off
1: yeah i, I rang him here and there um and, and just said g'day to him here and there and uh, just yeah, you know, see how he was going and um, yeah, just, just hello, just you know, a couple of minutes chatted away and that uh, no, was good, I'm glad I did, to tell you the truth. It was good because some players have just drifted away I've never seen again or had a chat too. But Terry, yeah, I, kept, I tried to keep in touch with him as much as I can. Uh, Wayne Weening, I, I see and, and try and keep in touch with Wayne as, as much as I can. Uh, we travel the world together a lot, so, um, yeah, it's just one I like to, hmm. yeah, and Terry, uh, as I said, we just we went everywhere, and uh, it was a funny bloke to room with, I can't say too much about it, but yeah, <laughs> it was a funny bloke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in, in your post, you know, when you announced that he'd sadly passed away, you said that you know he was a legend of, of Australian darts and world darts and you said that he'd opened a lot of doors for Australian players yeah. what would you say his impact was on you know the following generations of Australian players
1: well it's exactly that i mean the, the guy came over and uh, what i meant by opening the doors is he basically he's he's gone over there and you get a lot of players they go in from other countries and they go, oh, yeah, it's just another overseas player. And they used to to think that the overseas players was a gimme into the next round. But they realised Australians weren't a gimme into the next round. It wasn't going to be an easy walk into the next round if you got an Australian player. And Terry was one that made it like that. He just, we all, we all, um, sort of aspired to be as good if not better than him and he opened these doors for us to go over there and play and everyone else did the same thing so as the Australian players came over they were always gritty hard players you weren't going to have an easy walk into the next round if you drew an Aussie and I, and I think Terry was one for that because before that we were just really one of the mill players they used to just walk over us until Terry came along. And uh, we all tried to keep that up what he started. That's how I look at it anyway.
0: Now, you said you can't say too much about, you know, the stories of rooming with him. But, I mean, if I was to ask you to share a couple of your fondest memories of times that you spent with him or some funny stories, what what would they be?
1: As I said, um, rooming, like, um, with him, where we had all our beers out on the balcony, you know, getting cold, packed in the snow. Um, he loved his in the morning. There it was, snow everywhere. He's got a t-shirt, shorts on, and thongs, and he's off getting his newspaper. He um, he loved to have a bit of a gamble. <laughs> <laughs> he um, lo- loved loved the uh, ladbrooks and all that over there. He loved to loved to loved having a, a gamble. Yeah, he had a, he had a beer, but he never ever went overboard. Never had too much. He was always you know, he was always amicable, always smiling, always cheeky. Uh, he loved golf. Uh, he loved he loved all the, uh, loved all the sports really. Ten bit bowling, he'd be into anything, and he's always good at everything. <laughs> that was another thing. He wasn't just a player; he was good at everything. So, uh, had cards, he loved cards, playing cards. I don't really have a, a, a specific story I can really relate. Uh, other than he was just a top bloke, and he would he would be into everything. He was a pleasure to be around.
0: How would you sum up his, his impact on you personally?
1: Yeah, Terry Terry was, a, was the man, as I said, he was the one I had to get the number one spot off. And he didn't like to give it away too easy. Um, don't forget, I lived on one side of Australia, he lived on the other. So he was uh, 4,000 kilometres away. So when we met, it was always just a battle on the board, generally wasn't that I could pop down the road and say know to him. But when I did see him, it was, hey you go, mate, rah, 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 his big hand, get it hold, your hand and just swallow up inside his fist, you know, he was a monster. <laughs> um, he'd always invite you to, down to his pub, the Nuts With Arms Hotel, and uh, for a game of dance and a few beers in his pub, you know. He was always friendly, always smiling. Just, just as I said, just a terrific bloke to be around, and uh, sometimes I wish I could just be as jovial as he was all the time. He was <laughs> always had that cheeky smile. He was always a nice bloke.
0: And I think ultimately, the, the final question from me is how how should Terry be, you know, remembered within, you know, Australian darts, world darts.
1: I guess as a pioneer in the sense of our lot, and. He's showing people the way over there. How good he was! He took no guff on stage or on the floor. He was um, he was his own man, you know. He did his thing. he uh, and and he could he could um, hold his own, you know. He was he was always they'd all have a go, but he'd, he'd give it back to him and then smile as he said it. Um, I think he just remembers for being the nice. Kind, gentle giant that he was, and uh, as I said, and a, and a right battle on the board. He never, it never gave in an, an easy one, and it's a pleasure to be around. A
0: nice bloke. That's very well said, Russell. And thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it, and it's been lovely to hear your words about you know a friend and rival that you know you spent an awful lot of time with over the years.
1: No worries at all. I Appreciate it.
0: And maybe, you never know, later this year there'll be some kind of competition or whatever named after him.
1: Well, that's right. You never know. I I hope there is. I hope something comes up.